0: All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Picard Season 3. I'm very excited to be here talking about episode 4 with my good friend Cookie from Just a Little Podcast. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic, absolutely fantastic. How about yourself? I've been better, but I'm really happy to be here talking about Star Trek. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Okay, so we're talking about episode four, No Win Scenario.
1: Yes, directed by Jonathan Frakes.
0: Yeah, directed by Jonathan Frakes, uh, written by Terry Metalis and Sean Tretta. Right on. Very cool. Okay, so what did you think about this one?
1: All right. I'm going to lay it all out there because... This was the worst. This was the worst episode. I'm joking. I am joking.
2: (laughs) He broke my
1: heart. (laughs) Did you see my heart just break? I I did. (laughs) This (laughs) was Jonathan Franks' best, I think, episode that he's ever done in my entire life as a director and also as an actor. I was wowed the fact that this progression is better and better, and I'm loving it. So I didn't like this one as much as I liked the last one, but –
0: no. No, I, I, the last one the last one was so good for me. Like okay. I was like Most, no, so no, into okay. the last one. This one was excellent. Another just excellent episode of the show. Okay. Um, we are four episodes in and I'm still waiting for the rug to be pulled out from under me.
1: Right? This, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a good episode.
0: I've got I've got flashbacks from season 2 and we're always we're all like hey, season 2 is pretty good. Hey, finally they got it right. And then like whoop shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Um, but no, I really like this episode. I think this is some of Frake's best acting. Um, he's definitely got the rust off, and I'm starting to see the Will Riker I missed all those years ago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Um, and we don't go to Raffy or Wharf this week.
1: Yeah, nothing at all. I was yeah. surprised. So I'm, I'm assuming that we're probably going to get a Raffy Wharf centric episode for the next one, just to make up for lost time. I. No, I think we're still we're still getting some Titan action next week. You think so?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, I should say by the way, you know, full spoilers obviously for this episode, but we are recording this one again a little bit late so by the time you guys are watching this episode, um the fo- the fifth episode will have aired and hopefully we'll be talking about that in the near future. Yes. Um but yes, we're let's let's get right into it because the the Titan is adrift. Yes. There is a uh, it's getting pulled into this kind of gravity well
1: mm-hmm.
0: that uh, is pulsating and it's, they're dead.
1: Yes. They're dead, literally dead. I was going to say dead in the water because nautical terms, but literally dead in space, just floating in. And this, there's so much tension because of that build. And as time progresses on we get more of an understanding of what's actually happening and kind of the, gravity of what's actually happening here (laughs) it's like the suspense builds and the the score that's attached to this episode for me i think resonated so well with how everything was kind of playing along
0: yeah i i agree i think when um i really appreciate you know like problem solving Riker. like is there anything we can do is there any power that we can take uh, that's not going to kill us. And when they're like, we're we're drained, we're dead, we're there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. You know, his first instinct is to go to Picard, and basically be like, well, kind of like I think they both owe, I think they owe each other an apology yes. um, at that point because they were both being douchebags dumb. to each
2: other. Yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, it was really nice that he he did it not just to kind of like you know kind of bear everything out and be like you know you know and I want to talk about his monologue in total, but like you know tell tell picard like you need to spend some time with your son at this point because yes i don't think we're getting out of this
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i think that was a really good monologue and it was placed very well as far as the the writing aspect it was placed very well for for Riker to kind of just like open up to picard a little bit more but in yeah. a sense opening up to himself of why he's actually here why he's on the ship why he's with with picard at this moment
0: <clears throat> yeah even- yeah, I think what's what's really fun what's really interesting about his monologue is that, you know, the last time we saw Riker in on Nepenthe, where he and his family went to kind of live after they lost Thad, um, he has this kind of moment where, you know, you know, everything seems kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're not okay as a family, but you know they're they're kind of you know he's making pizza, he's being he's being a good father to Kestra, and and there's a sense of like someone someone said this really someone put this really well um, trauma porn the the first season of Star Trek Picard is very trauma porn Um, if you think Mm -hmm. about it. You know, Riker, lo- Riker and Troy lost Thad. Seven lost Icheb, um, mm-hmm. which I'm never forgiving them for that. Um, that was ridiculously unnecessary. It was. Um, and then, uh, you know, Picard lost everything, essentially. Like, he lost yeah. his family. Yeah. Um, but what he says in this episode really kind of recontextualizes it as like, a, you know, I was trying to be okay, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, they really make it. They really make it matter that Riker lost Thaddeus, and he has this moment where he's just kind of like laying it out to Picard. Where he's like, "You know, Diana feels everything, but after a while, she stopped feeling anything from me."
1: Mm-hmm. And Harper, when yeah. he said that to me, it resonated so much because who Diana was on the Enterprise and yeah. for Next Generation, she was the ship's counselor. So it's like her job was to counsel people, and the one person one of the people that she loves and cares about the most is Will. And to be able to console him during this moment, she can't do it because she's so torn apart. Because of who she is as uh, her species, she feels a lot more than a a human would. So she's feeling these emotions. She's looking to Will to be uh, a husband, a supporter, uh, still a father, and he's broken down as a person, as a whole. So it's like two broken people can't uplift each other and they're falling down. And it's like, it breaks your heart to hear him come to the realization of that moment of, crap, I'm losing my family. And I'm seeing Picard, his family slipping away. And the only thing that I can do is let him know what's happening to me. And maybe that might open his eyes a little bit to the perspective that, hey, you have an opportunity to go and maybe not be a father, maybe not make up for lost time, but you have the opportunity to at least get to know your son in a small way.
0: Yeah, I really appreciated that because, you know, Riker and Deanna are a wonderful relationship and I I, I love them dearly and I will to yeah. the end of time. Um, and it's really great that we got to see them as a couple in Nepenthe um, in season one. But it just didn't feel, it felt hollow because of what season one was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think season one, did what it was trying to do very poorly but um, but kind of recontextualizing it as, uh, in this way of having Riker be like you know, you know, De- Deanna's an empath and when an empath can't feel any emotion from their husband, it hurts them yeah. and I didn't want to hurt them anymore so I thought leaving would be the way to go but what did I do? I ran to the very thing I was running from
1: Exactly. I exactly. ran back
0: into space, back into danger
1: yes And he says a moment um, where he's talking about his son going six feet under and Mm -hmm. he's like, even though it's like super shallow, I couldn't see him get all the way down. And like hearing that and he's like, and now I'm in nothing but blackness around me. And it's almost like he's reflecting on that moment and now seeing himself kind of get into this peripheral grave, if you will, and being lost to space. Yeah. Um.
0: Let's talk about the flashback that kind of like pops up throughout the mo- throughout the episode, which okay. is back in 10 forward. Mm-hmm. Cause they got to pay for that bar somehow. <laughs> um, th- but it's set before season one of Star Trek Picard. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the continuity of having the uniforms that I despise um, from that season. Gotta hate <laughs> those uniforms so much. They're so ugly. I don't know what it is about it either. There's just something
1: about them that I'm just like I I hate this. And it's crazy uh, cuz like you notice them, I'm like I'm just lost. I'm just sitting there just zoned into everything that I could I love see. uniforms, man.
0: <laughs> I'm like such a uniform uh, nerd when it comes to Star Trek. That's funny. um that's why that's why uh, Riker being in the in his It's not even his book uniform. Okay, so real quickly, real quickly, I don't mind going into this tangent. This is my show. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> um the so the last episode i believe it was yeah it was last episode when we see the flashback where they're back at 10 forward man i really like that bar
1: um and uh, we'll we'll get to another spot later on about 10 forward but yes oh yeah
0: that it's it's really funny how often 10 forward shows up in the show um but when when riker's wearing his uniform i guess you can kind of be like maybe this is a captain's jacket but Mm -hmm. he's wearing he's wearing the uniform that He's wearing kind of a variation on the uniform that he's wearing in a book that came out around the same time as Sid, I think just between season one and two. Okay. Uh, which was about him on the Titan with Deanna. And I never agreed with that being the uniform that she should be in. I think he should have been in the gray and blacks that we see mm-hmm. him in lower decks. Okay. That's my thing about the uniform. I I don't maybe I'm wrong, maybe I got the timeline wrong, but it's weird. All good. Anyway, um so we have this flashback has a bunch of Star, has
1: a bunch of Starfleet
0: ensigns I guess. Cadet. They're not cadets cuz they're they're just Correct.
1: they're wearing they're wearing the full uniform not necessarily like an academy uniform.
0: Yeah, so I think they're they're ensign they're lower deckers for sure.
1: Yes. And they they just were like, you know what what's a great bar in LA? Ten Forward. <laughs> you know what would have been crazy is if we got some of lower decks live action, just in that glimpse of a moment. I don't know if the timeline would actually match up or not.
0: No, it but- doesn't. You're close though, but we're getting that next season of Strange New Worlds. Remember?
1: Yes, I do. So that would have been nice to kind of get that little hint of the live action version crossover. Would have been yeah. really
0: cool. At that point, I think the Boimler Boimler would have to be a captain because yeah. it's been ten years. Um, but yeah, we're seeing. So we see these kids, and they're like Picard. We want to hear about some stuff. One of the things I do really that I do really want to shout out is I really like hearing about the adventures that Picard and the Enterprise went on after Nemesis.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Because uh, obviously, we're never going to get those stories. They're
1: all untold stories, exactly.
0: Yeah, and so we get like these hints of like, "Hey, the Hirogen came to the Alpha Quadrant. Did you ask Admiral Janeway for help?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I did this. Well, the Worf was with me." Although he says Lieutenant Commander Worf, and that bugged me because I'm like. At that point, warf would be a commander.
1: He'd be a full command, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you catch it when we got into the bar? the The set design was really well done, but there was this picture right above the bar, and it was of Picard just standing there, his red uniform, like he's in his commander uniform, just staring out. I don't know if you caught that, but I just thought that was so cool that he's being. Oh, are you, talk- are you talking? about? Are you talking about the one where he's looking at Guinan? I want to say so and then it pans down to one of the ships. Um yeah, yeah. So that's so that's that's so this is really funny. That's really funny that you brought this up because that's kind of
0: thrown the fandom into a tizzy.
2: Okay. Uh
0: because that's a that's a screenshot from Star Trek Generations when they're in the Nexus. Oh, okay. Okay. So how would Guinan have a picture of that if they were in the Nexus? Exactly. So Terry Metalis said he, she got an oil painting made of the two of them <laughs> from a psychic from a psychic uh, image that she had. That's cool.
1: That's I was funny. Like, yeah, all right. I don't it, care. It's, I, like, we'll, we'll let it slide.
0: I appreciate him trying to be like, look, you know, if you want an explanation, I can come up with one. But there really isn't. Yeah. It's
1: just a just a painting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so so he says. So the weird thing about that flashback, though, is that because it's pre Star Trek Picard season one, Picard is awfully happy to talk about the to talk to these Starfleet kids,
1: and he was like really against Starfleet in that yes, first season, correct? And that was something that I I thought was very interesting as well, because knowing his personality, he does not like to do that at all. And at first, they played it off pretty well. With him saying, "Um, maybe not now. Let me just get back to my food." And like, all right, come on, please, please, Papa. And he's <laughs> like, "All right, I'll tell you. Come sit on Papa's lap. Let's go have a little story time." And yeah. he just was smiling ear to ear. And I was like, "Who is this guy?" Well, it's like that, but that feels like
0: Picard before the Romu- before Mar- uh, the Utopia Planitia
1: shipyards were destroyed. Right? It, it felt like it was almost like the second annual Picard Day. <laughs>
0: So he's like gone
1: through the middle of the first one. He's like, all right, I know what to expect. Let me just go in here, get this day done and be on with it.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. But I mean, I like it. I liked the story time. I was happy to have it. Um, It's just as it lines up with the continuity, kind of strange. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's let's move on a little bit to talk about um, what
1: we get. Um, Jack involved in that story because... Oh, I want to talk about that later, actually. Okay, all right. We'll get back to yeah. that then. Because that's part
0: of a revelation that happens a little later. Yes, which is beautiful. Yeah, I'm I, so where do we want to go next? So Picard goes to Beverly mm-hmm. and says, hey, can I have a moment with Jack? Yeah. And Beverly's so happy about it. She's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, you go, you go. You- uh, uh, does Jack, Jack is 23 or 24, as they mentioned in this episode. Mm-hmm is he ever going to address the fact that his dad
1: is 96 years old right it's like <laughs> please it's like man my dad's really really old and he's yeah. still kicking it
0: i mean the like i know like patrick stewart's not 96 but yeah. like picard is mm-hmm. and it's just so funny to me that there that he's got this 20 year old son and i'm like how much longer do you think it got there cuz that synthetic body is supposed to shut down eventually bet, exactly <laughs> Unless they hilarious. fix it, um, oh no, they can't fix it because Alton Soon died off screen. I hate. I don't like that. I don't like that they killed Alton Soon. Anyway, let me let, let me consult my notes real quick. Um, no so we go from all right. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, they go let's to, to Now let's talk about seven.
1: Let's talk okay. about seven.
0: Okay, so seven. Wants to what w- it decides to go after the changeling, yes. Um, I really appreciate that she goes to Riker first to be like, Hey, we've got a changeling on board. And Riker's like, You know, I could reinstate you, but maybe you do this unofficially and yeah, it was you cool do things differently. <laughs>
2: very, very uh, cool.
0: That's the first time that the two of them have shared a scene together, just them two of them.
1: I think you might be right. I, I definitely think you yeah. might be right.
0: Yeah, I know. I know Riker is on. Did you know that Riker has a cameo in Voyager? Not I a cameo. One of the Q episodes, Q brings Riker to Voyager. Okay. It's really weird. I don't know why. Did they Did not know, know that. And then, like that was never like Riker doesn't go back and be like, "Hey, by the way, the USS Voyager is okay."
1: <laughs> Can like, I be just... honest with you? Yeah. So I have watched Next Generation of. TOS, Next Generation, and Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine I've watched three times. Damn. And everything else I've watched twice. I love Deep Space Nine. It's probably one of my favorite. Except it's been nostalgia great. for me with uh, yeah, Next I get Generation. It. But Voyager, I've only watched once. And it's like, it was a struggle for me to get through Voyager. I would rather sit through Enterprise than sit through Voyager. Well, Enterprise is shorter. Yes. And there was <laughs> something good to look at. If you know oh. what I mean. Jolene Blalock? Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm with it. you.
0: I'm with you. You know what? Look, I get it. Sometimes we just, we're, sometimes, like that show is meant to be the sexy track. So I yes. I don't I don't fault anybody for being like, you know what, to Paul.
1: Yes. But Voyager for me, like, just never really resonated as well. So a lot of what happened in Voyager for me, I don't really recall too much. Like, I remember yeah. it. But if I'm, like, to go and hit off, like, cues, I would be like, oh, I have no idea what's going on.
0: Okay, so what happened in the third? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm I, like Voyager. I think Voyager is honestly the weakest. Okay. I know Enterprise gets a lot of cra- a lot of um a lot of flack for being the weakest show, but honestly, I think the last two seasons of Enterprise are a lot stronger than the entirety of Voyager. Right on. Voyager just never really. Voyager just kind of spun their wheels and did and did all they could to just kind of keep them stranded in the in the Delta Quadrant, and I. I... I feel like after a while they they kind of ran out of ideas,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but the Borg were fun. I like it when I liked it when the
1: Borg showed up. Borg's always great. We got to talk about that. That's a big thing that Which we need one? to talk about when we get to it.
0: Oh, oh, that of course, course. of course, of course. But let's talk about seven. We se- yes. So seven, yes. so so seven is like okay. Well, should, we're gonna go around, and the first person she goes to is Shaw.
2: After. Um, Riker.
0: After Riker, so she goes to she goes to Shaw and says like, "Okay, we've got a changeling on board. You know the crew better than anybody. How would I find out who this changeling was?" Mm -hmm. And I really like this moment between Seven and Shaw because I know that that Shaw has this moment where he's pretending, quote unquote, pretending to be nice to Seven, but I think he's genuine.
1: I do too, and it was funny because like when that happened, and Seven even called him out, like, "You'd be a changeling," like instantly. And I I looked back and I was like, hmm. Maybe that was just his way of like opening up to her and just showing like her his true emotions, like, hey, you really are a great, great person and you can be a captain very soon.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think he I think he the way that Shaw as a character is written, I would one hundred percent believe that he decided to disguise a moment of honesty as a lesson in how yeah. to find a changeling. Um and I, I I appreciate that because I really I really like Shaw as a character. This, this episode cemented him for as like one of my new favorite characters.
1: He grew on me especially towards the end when you have his monologue and mm-hmm. then after we'll we'll get to it later on but after we have his monologue and then we had this reconnecting of characters that moment for me solidified like okay he's not that bad. He's really he's not, not, not that bad, bad, right? He's not that bad. <laughs> I clocked
0: it. I clocked it from the beginning. <laughs> I've always been Team Shaw. Hashtag Team Shaw. <laughs> oh man. Um. Anyway, so one. So something that Seven does is is. So something that Seven learns is that a lot of changelings need. Um. Well, okay. So this is actually. This is actually a continuity issue that's kind of ruffled some feathers. I don't know if you know about this um but seven but but seven is told to find the changeling's bucket yes not all changelings had a bucket
1: correct yes only odo did yes only and i remember that too as well so once that happened i was like ah and when the changeling actually kind of i guess we'll get to it shortly but when the changeling finds out what's going on and goes after seven and shoots the actual bucket and he kind of like dissolves away Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for how he looked. Like I wanted this. Oh the, yeah, this he look. They look really meaty. Yes, they don't this time look around. Like, correct. They look like prosciutto. You ever had prosciutto? Yeah, I have. Exactly. That is exactly. And it just like for me, I was like, oh, this does not look like a change. Like I wanted this like goldish like that kind metallic. of like
0: ectoplasmic yes. uh, uh, liquid that they yeah. that they were. So Metallus is talked about again. One of the things that I really like about the season of Picard is that Dave Blass and Terry Metallis, who worked or worked on the show, Dave Blass is production designer, Terry Metallis is the writer and showrunner. Um, they're constantly online. Okay. And they're talking to people. And, and one of the things that people brought up was this idea of like, hey, why do the changelings look so different? Was this just a design aesthetic decision or is there a reason? Apparently there's a reason hmm. that these changelings look this way. And I think it's related to what we see because we're talking about changelings. I don't mind t- because Vatic doesn't get a lot to do in this episode. Mm-hmm. So let's move to Vatic real quickly because she exhibits a new power. We learn I was wrong. She is a changeling.
1: She is one hundred percent.
0: And she like she cuts off her arm, mm-hmm. and her arm creates this like face, floating face in the ether. Which is not not something we've ever seen a changeling do.
1: No, not at all. So
0: these so these changelings aren't necessarily they're not what we've seen before.
1: Mm-hmm. Not at all. So it's like, are they connected to the Great Link?
0: Well, the, apparently they were. Okay, because remember in the, in the in two episodes ago, or maybe the last episode. Yeah, it was the last episode when we when it was revealed that these were changelings. That if they um, stay
1: too far away from the link.
0: No, no. Warf says Worf says that uh, members of the Great Link broke off. Yes. Okay. To uh to 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 come back to the Alpha Quadrant and destroy the Federation. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing now. And I wonder if maybe, and this is just speculation on the on the on the speculation on the go. Um, I wonder if maybe like the fact that they've been away from the Great Link for so long has like warped their abilities or warped their form.
1: Because mm-hmm. they maybe, yeah. they do a really good job of. Granted, it's been, of course, years since we first saw Odo to where we are now, but like the ability to fully create a, a body and have the nose, have the features of an actual human and things of that nature has been really well developed since Odo.
0: Well, but even so, like Odo was the only changeling who couldn't take the form of a person. Okay. Every other changeling did. Remember, Bashir was a changeling. Yes. For years, yeah. <laughs> not, not years, but for like months for on months, Deep Space Nine. Yeah uh that was man real quickly talking about these nine rem- because they did a they did a trivia about it on the ready room that i've been watching okay i never watched the ready room before now and uh i gotta say will wheaton not a good not a good uh
1: interviewer i love will man I he's don't care too much he's
0: into doing. his own thing
1: he is but he's he's a nerd he's he's a nerd who like expresses nerdum in a great way i think he he likes to put himself he likes to project himself into a lot of
0: it and i i i wish that he kept the more objective okay a more objective look but anyway um bashir uh when it was revealed that bashir was on on this like dominion prison planet with um the klingon with one eye martok martok um, yes. it, when it, when that was revealed uh that was that blew me away i was like oh shit where is bashir
1: <laughs> it, yeah yeah so I, yeah uh, you're right you are very very true but the,
0: the bucket thing is weird because it's a bajoran bucket that you know could that that is weird is weird because after even after a while odo didn't need the bucket anymore mm-hmm. now once again like i could say i'll say this again terry Metalis did say that it's possible that he just needed something so he replicated a bucket in the systems replicators i can buy that it's not a it's at that point for me, you kind of get into nitpicky territory, and I prefer not to not to go down that far. I'll nitpick the shit out of uniforms. Of course you will. <laughs> but not buckets. Not buckets. <laughs> um and <laughs> Jesus, I'm a nerd.
1: But <laughs> well, we do um, see the the connection with with Shaw and him kind of like saying, Okay, you need to go do this. And it's almost like he kind of gave her permission to do this. And it was very interesting on how everything kind of unfolded and how she learned to go and look for the residue left by the changelings. Uh, uh, uh. Residue. Res- sorry, sorry, sorry. Residue <laughs> left by the changelings. <laughs> he, he he coined the term. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, when
0: seven says it, it's so weird hearing seven say something like that. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I really I really appreciate that scene between between seven and Shaw, and I really like I really like seven going through and trying to. Find this changeling and everything like that. But real quickly, going back to Vatic, how do you feel about Vadic not being the big
1: bad? Feel good, really? I feel really good about cause it's like everything kind of happens so quickly with if she was the big bad for that to happen in episode four. I'm like, maybe if they introduced her to episode four, I think then I would have a appreciation of her being the big bad. but the fact that she's already here. And spoilers, we will get to the end of it. But what happens to her at the end, it's like, OK, yeah, she's definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely not the big bag. And I and I enjoy that because it's like it brings this mystery added into it. And the unfolding of how everything is going to happen is really cool. It keeps you on your toes. I I don't disagree with
0: that. I have to sit on it for a bit longer. See who see for me, the reveal of who the the major bad guy is of the season is going to really need to pay off. Mm-hmm. Because I really got my hopes up for Amanda Plummer being like the the villain of this season. Okay. Because you know, if you go back to Star Trek Six and Discover Country, you know, Christopher Plummer is the villain of that movie. There mm-hmm. is no one above him. He is he, it. That's it. the big bad. And that's what and he really works in that role. And so I thought when you have Amanda Plummer, and the reason why you have Amanda Plummer is because of that connection to Father, Star daughter, Trek Six. Yeah. Like, I thought maybe you were doing it to make her the big bad. So I really have to know, like, okay, well, now you've defanged this character because there's someone worse than her. Mm-hmm. That worse character really needs to pay off for me to – and that that's the only – that's this is the only time in this whole
1: show where I've kind of gotten a little worried. Do you think that maybe this is a way for – the show to kind of give a redemption to Amanda. And she realizes very quickly after she's cut off her hand that she is simply a pawn in this this big old game and she is expendable. And now that she's realizing she's expendable and she's dead in water again, it's like maybe she's gonna to come to the realization like, oh crap, maybe I didn't choose the right side. Maybe I really need to rethink my strategy here and figure out how I can come out of this alive
0: again it's all about execution
1: i can be okay with really anything
0: as long as it's executed well so if that is the case to doing it then i hope it's well done mm-hmm. but where we're at right now i'm a little disappointed do you think
1: we have enough time to solidify the big bad and i think we have just enough time so it's gonna be it's gonna be a squeeze it's yeah. it's definitely gonna be really tight and we still have yet to see LaForge. forge geordie of course we have still yet to see Jordy.
0: Um And well, we we did finally get like a modern day Deanna. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's – by the way, I do really appreciate that instead of saying – like like instead of, instead of giving the, us the year, whenever they flash forward to the present, they just call it present day.
1: Yeah. I like
0: that. It's a nice touch.
1: It is. And then flashing back, it's like 15 years or 25 years or whatever. Yeah.
0: Um I, I you know no normal normally things wouldn't do that. They'd be like, oh mm-hmm. back in 2401. And I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Um anyway. So <laughs> okay, so Picard and Picard and Jack. Let's go back to Picard and Jack. Um sorry, my, my mom's on the phone back there. I hope it's not too loud. I don't hear. Great. Um, so we so we go back to Picard and Jack and the and they 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 turn on a they turn on a holodeck program
1: for 10 what, forward <laughs> For 10 forward. Of course. Of course. And <laughs> I, it was what I liked a lot was Picard goes and says, you want to drink? And he's like, sure. And he was very hesitant, but he's like, you know what? let let me open up. Let me see what he's about. And then Picard goes back and he's like, Oh, this is one from my backyard. This is a good year. And he's like, I don't really like wine. And I was like, <laughs> that was hysterical.
0: I think we're gonna see a theme where Picard is going to offer people wine and they're gonna deny it.
1: <laughs> it was the whole so season. Funny. He said, Give me the cheapest whiskey you have, and he pulled out Jameson. I'm like, it's not that cheap of a whiskey, man. That's well, what is money in the twenty-fifth century? Touche. Touche. Yeah, exactly.
0: why do he even bring up money? Well, okay, so actually this is a good this is a good question that's been coming up a lot recently. There's been there's a lot of talk about financial um there's a lot of financial phrase like above my pay grade, the cheapest mm-hmm. whiskey. What do those phrases mean in the 25th century in a post-monetary society? That's that's interesting. Yeah, right. And that like the big. the simple answer is nothing. They're just turns of phrases. Yeah. You know, what 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 whiskey do you want? The cheapest whiskey. Above my pay grade right now doesn't even mean. The same thing you know it normally just means most people i think use it in the military just to mean an admiral yeah and so it would make sense that in the 25th century it would just evolve to be this meaningless turn of phrase to speak to people above me mm-hmm. um you know we have a lot of phrases even today um that are that we don't even know the origin of
2: yeah very true but we
0: but we say them in everyday life there is one however that i'm going to kind of pull back the curtain of my own personal life and say that i i a little while ago started saying and bobs your uncle
1: <laughs> you know do you know what that means i i i know the phrase like like it is what it is bobs your yeah, uncle no,
0: and there it is and bobs yep. your uncle um you know you do this you do that and bobs your uncle well guess what phrase shows up in this damn episode Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. Jack says, "Bob's your uncle." Fanny's your aunt. I tell it, was it out of so here. Good.
1: That was there was, there was um, another phrase that kind of like made me smile and kind of chuckle was when Will Riker goes, "Something happens," and it's towards the end. And we bold, let's sends, boldly get let's boldly get the hell out of here. Right after that, I think he's or right before that he says like, "God D. I don't. Oh, you're God,
0: you're goddamn right. I
1: did. Yeah, and it's like a little bit later. He's like. Well Picard you kind of like instilled to me that there is no life after death like that is it and it was really hilarious when he said it cuz also um not only is sir patrick stewart an atheist but it's funny like how that kind of played in and there really is no god in all of star trek in oh, the sense of
0: that was I, you're right that was earlier that was earlier in the episode yeah uh that was during the that was when because riker says you know, he he, because thinking about his his son's death, he said, you know, there's nothing I've seen out here that proves to me there's something after this. Yes. Um, and you know that kind of goes to Gene Roddenberry's idea of
2: exactly. uh,
0: of uh, the future where where there would be no religion,
2: mm-hmm.
0: at least in the Federation, and uh, and but it's not like there isn't proof that there's life after death in the Fedor- in Starfleet in like
1: Star Trek cuz there's been a
0: few there's times a few.
1: Yes, there has been. I mean, Picard is living proof of that. Well, but even even then, like Q. Yeah. Q is definitely a god, I would say. There are there are I mean, there are
0: there are omnipotent beings. There are things that you could think are gods. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're you're yes. you're right that it's just like it is it, I can see where Riker's coming from though. For sure. You know, because, because again, this is a society of atheists, essentially. Yes. Um, but anyway. So uh so 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 Jack and Picard. Uh uh Picard are at the bar. And Picard fills up his glass four times. <laughs> did you notice that? I did not notice that. Now that you say though, <laughs> okay. no, that's hilarious. Maybe it's just like so- <laughs> Retake
1: after retake or whatever.
0: Well that's exactly what it is. I, I I'm very sensitive to something like that. So so when so he's like, okay, you know, here's you know, we got the two glasses. He he sees some kiss the ice, pours the eyes, pours the ice, pours the ice, pours the ice <laughs> <laughs> and it's because it's just the two takes. <laughs> that is the worst. But it was really, it was really I'm funny. Go
1: back and watch that, and just laugh
0: because you just hear is like, "Do you want ice with your whiskey?" Yes, and you just hear the ice clink four times. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Two I'm definitely gonna
1: laugh at that. That is priceless.
0: Yeah, I thought that was fun. Anyway, so so they so they have this 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 talk over whiskey, and once again, you know, they find a way to get Patrick Stewart into a chair. Yes, I um, <laughs> I appreciate that they're doing. Um, and so that so. They kind of have this, like this, like not necessarily. I think the heart to heart that Jack that Picard wanted, but you know that Jack is like, yeah, you know, when's the hair gonna go? And
1: yeah, um, which is hilarious.
0: Yeah. Um, and and one of the things scenes that I really like is that, you know, Jack says, "If you think I need this, I don't. Yeah, I, it's okay, I don't." And Picard's yeah. like, "Maybe it's I crazy. do, though."
1: Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh. I and I love the maturity of Picard in that moment of realizing Will was right. Because at that point, like when Will and Picard are together, Picard tries to like overtake and say, like, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're right. And Will's like, Shut up, listen to me. Yeah. And Picard takes a step back and he's like, Okay, I'll listen to you. We're equals. And now you're in this moment where he's realizing, oh crap, Will was really white, right? So let me let me open up and let me go and see what this is about. And it was really cool and heartfelt to just hear them talk.
0: Yeah. Um, and you have, and, and and Picard shares a story, a uh, previously untold story to us of mm. him and his namesake. And I really like Jack's whole thing where he's like, you know, I was wondering, like I, like, I understand, you know, why did she name me after her first husband? <laughs> uh, and Picard's like, you know, I probably would have done the same. Yeah. It was um, it was great. Yeah, because you know they were really good friends and they, mm-hmm. and you know Jack Crusher was really important to them. Um and Picard had you know Picard talks about his time on the Stargazer and he talks about the story about how he limps along. He does drop an F bomb in the story. He does, though.
1: he does drop it. What did you think of that? I thought it was I thought it was warranted. I thought it was appreciated and warranted because sometimes like when I deal with people and it's like and I don't curse and you want to go and say like F it. But you don't, there's that Mm gravity is not there. That that word needs to be in place in order for that that line to make sense or that the gravitas of what you're trying to say to really resonate with somebody. And I think when he said that, like I kind of like jolted up. I was like, wait, what? Did that just happen? Yeah.
0: There's a sense that I had the same where 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 it's weird coming from someone like Picard, but you know, there and and so this kind of started a whole Discussion about cursing that I've been actually really interested in getting into it here. um A whole discussion about cursing in, in Star Trek. We heard, we've heard. Tendy, ten, ten, who's the girl I hate
1: on Discovery? Ten, uh, What's her name? Tendy, Tendy, no, Tendy, no, it's not Tendy. No, Tendy's from Lower Decks. Yeah, that's Tendy from
0: Lower Decks. Who's that girl? It's oh the, my the,
1: goodness, She's the red-headed
0: not, girl from Lower yes. Decks. Who I can't stand. Not Lower Decks. Yes. No, Discovery. No, from, who I can't stand.
1: I'll tell you right now. Please
0: don't um anyway she's dropped an f bomb before she has um, the, and so there's this actually a really interesting theory of, um theory and okay real quickly cookie have you seen the history of cursing on Netflix I have not I highly recommend it it's it's Nicholas Cage okay um and he's and they and they get like people who like study the history of curse words to discuss uh, them why their curse words what their meaning is and in some cases why some of them are no longer considered curse words. Oh. So, like, things like damn. I
1: understand that you don't curse, but most of society... I, I will say damn. Damn does not bother me. It's like when you add the G in front of it.
0: Exactly. D- damn is not really a bad word anymore. Yeah, no. And Kirk used it all the time. Yeah, he did. Um, and <laughs> and, and tilly, others, Tilly, the way. Tilly, Tilly. We you I hate Tilly. Um, anyway... <laughs> Um, so 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 Kirk used "damn" all the time. Spock uh, didn't curse, but uh, McCoy used "damn" all the time. And like this is oh, yeah. the reason why there wasn't a lot of cursing in like the original series was because of just the censors at the time. Mm-hmm. As we have evolved uh, as a society, curse words like "damn" have lost a lot of their meaning. Um, the the a lot of a lot of uh, curse curse word uh, langu- language people, linguologists, I don't know what they're called. I understand yeah. They believe that shit is going the way of damn. Eventually, maybe in fifty years, shit won't have won't have the same power as damn did. Much like crap, crap doesn't really have power either.
1: And I can use crap
0: all the time. Yeah. So, like, so all these words, these are four letter words. These are curse words, but they're not as powerful as they used to be, and they don't quite have the same kind of ferocity as they used to. Mm -hmm. So, really, who's to say that in the twenty fifth century?
1: That's not really a curse word.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I won't say it here because we're a PG thirteen podcast, um, but um, I say it all the time. But like the the idea that this that language could, would continue to evolve to the point where something like you know above my pay grade in the cheapest whiskey wouldn't have any meaning either. Mm-hmm. So would something like the F bomb. I mean just because nowadays like cursing is okay in TV in a way that it wasn't in the nineties even. Um And so like, they're allowed to do that. But for a character like Picard to say the F bomb, it's not just him. There's a sense of like, he, he's kind of like, you know, mask off kind of like being vulnerable with Jack and talking to Jack in a way that he's never talked to anybody before. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, you know, that was also like my dad didn't curse. So, but you know, sometimes, he would drop an f-bomb yeah. um, and then when he did like it would make you kind of listen and it would be kind of a, a, sometimes a vulnerable moment and so to have like the have like this character like Picard who's now again 96 years old cookie <laughs> um, have this moment where he's being vulnerable again, I don't think the f-bomb has the same power in the 25th century that it does in the 21st. yeah, I agree <clears throat> I can definitely agree so uh, anyway, watch the history of cursing it's
1: awesome. Sounds good. I'll add it to my list.
0: Um, all right, um, <laughs> I wrote. I wrote literally a note. What is it like having an almost one hundred year old dad? <laughs> 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 um, anyway, um, I also really like the 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 kind of like acknowledgement that Picard has at being his ad- so advanced age to be like, you yeah, know, yeah, I, me and Jack, we we stole the shuttlecraft and we went to get laid.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That, that's literally it. And, and he's like,
0: we were invited.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that leads us right into Shaw, which I really Let's love. Let's talk about Shaw, baby. I really love this moment when we see Shaw kind of come into the picture, limping in, goes to the bar, and well, actually, high on pain now. meds, very important. Say again. High on pain meds, yes. very important. But right before that, it was just it was just um Picard and his son Jack.
0: Well, and and, then, and some some some, so some uh, people
1: started to come in, and then the bar kind of filled up. <clears throat> and yeah, the I like neck, the idea. By the way,
0: that the that the holodeck can be used in case of emergency to to kind of like give people a respite for the danger. Yeah. So that idea. that
1: was really nice, and the fact that they they still continue to go and talk and things of that nature. And then Shaw walks, hobbles in, jacked up on pain meds, and then he just goes to town and spills his beans on why on who really Picard is. The the Picard that nobody knows. And we get to understand that Shaw was a grease monkey. Real quickly on the language thing. I'm glad he brought that out. Grease monkey. Also a
0: a term that has no meaning in the 25th
1: century. Correct.
0: (laughs) They don't have grease.
1: Exactly. At all. So hearing him say that, and it's like, he was, he was in engineering. And I guess at that time we had the board come in and they were attacking his ship. Wolf 359. Yeah. And, During that time, the entire crew is pretty much gone except for 50 people left on the ship. And they make their way down to get to the shuttle. And the shuttle is there's only one left with 15 seats. And you see... 10 seats, 10 seats. Oh, 10, sorry, 10 seats. And you see somebody come up who's of higher rank and kind of just point you, 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 you go. And at that point in time, you're seeing Shaw really like break down emotionally you see the glassy eyes he's holding back the tears but he's like he's pouring his heart out and why yeah. he has this this hate for not just the borg but this hate for one borg in specific who has a name
0: yeah he says he says the only borg so evil they gave it a name
1: which i was like jeez that hit that hit well, hard. well that would be
0: so, a lot of people are comparing him to like Cisco. And I understand that there is a sense of Cisco ness in it because of Wolf 359. But, like, imagine how many officers survived Wolf 359. Yeah. How many of them aren't okay? Yeah. And like Shaw, Shaw wouldn't like Picard because he's probably looking at that like, hey, we gave this guy a free pass after he destroyed 40 of our ships. Exactly. And all my friends.
1: And you know, he said, there was, that, and he went and right. even said like the people that were on my ship that were, those were my jacks. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that like, to like really kind of tweak your, your mentality of Riker or Riker of Picard and Picard at that time, of course, wasn't Picard. But yeah. it's like, you look at that person and you don't see Picard as the Admiral, or as the captain. You see Picard as the Borg because you have this riddled mindset of ptsd that you've lost everyone you've cared about and there's a moment where we have picard kind of talking we'll get to that in a second but picard talking about the only family he's ever really need was through the enterprise starfleet. through starfleet and hearing that it's like you go back to shah and realize that shah that was his family he literally watched his family die and he watched somebody pick a handful of his brothers and sisters and says you guys are safe Everybody else, I'm sorry, and he probably is looking at it like, "Why me?
0: Yeah, why not someone else?" Correct, correct. And it, like, so there's a sense of like survivor's guilt, right? Like yeah. in, in that, like he Shaw is a cocktail of just the most basic PTSD trauma you've ever seen in your life, but the way Todd's what shash uh, I can't, I can't remember his last name, Swanwick. I don't remember uh, the way that he he plays it is so real and emotional and he's just you know that he doesn't want to be saying this yeah not at all like you see it at the end you see it at the end when he's like uh, i really did it this time yeah and he said that what was
1: the line that he said he he traded
0: sorry the- after after a while asshole became a substitute for charm for charm yeah and i was yeah. like
1: yeah yeah
0: because you know he has this <clears throat> thing where he's like i was just a dipshit from chicago yeah what, Why? Why was I? Why was I picked to live? Why not someone Mm -hmm. more deserving? And so, like you know, obviously someone like that would probably be cleared and be like, "Yeah, I'm going to stay on Starfleet. I'm going to do this." He never has to deal with Picard. He's going to rise up to the ranks, and now he's a captain of his own starship. And we've seen it before. He's a captain who keeps his head down.
1: Yes, he follows orders. He keeps his head down. down. He keeps his crew safe. That's it. That's his prime objective: is to explore. And to make sure that all my crew go home. And he has this, sorry, he has this, this mentality from that trauma that that is his sole mission in his life is making sure every single time they leave, they all come back.
0: Yeah. And that's why this is, that's why this is so important. That's why this is so rough for him because these two people come onto his ship and put his crew in unnecessary danger. Mm-hmm. so but even so but even then he's you know he's looking at this admiral and he, he at this person he believes is still the lacutus abort and he's mm-hmm. looking at this person and he just starts saying things and he just can't
1: stop no uh do you think that is do you think that's the reason why the writers kind of brought it in as hey i'm jacked up on pain meds to make it as an excuse of why he is talking the way he's talking yes okay
0: yeah, I do think that there's a mm-hmm. sense of like the writers wanted him to say these things, and the only way that this character would say those things if he was on these pain meds, because otherwise, he keeps it bottled up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so putting him on these pain meds, you know, it's kind of a substitute for making him drunk. Yeah, right. Like you're not going to make him drunk because he's probably not someone who drinks, not at least religiously. I know he says he's he drinks a little bit in the first episode, but not like, Maybe it's like I a don't think he line. can. Yeah, I don't think he's a guy who like gets himself drunk. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> because he because he seems like the kind of guy who's like, I need to always have my wits about me. I need to constantly be be here. And honestly, he's probably a, a good captain, if not just a dipshit. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: because like he like there's two like human seven calls him an asshole in this episode. It, it, that was so refreshing to hear her say that. Because right now technically she's not she's she's not part of the federation at this moment. So yeah.
0: she's off the books. Um, and we get a really nice, we get a little, really nice callback to the dipshit thing later. But you know, you know, Picard still still has a lot of guilt from when he was Locutus. He probably will always have that guilt from when he was Locutus. Um And he, but he understands. He's like, yeah, I, there's a lot of people that were probably hurt in that time. Now, Cookie, I have to ask you: Where are the Titans' escape pods? Why couldn't they use escape pods if they were dead in the water? Oh. It's a great question. I wonder if the Titan has escape pods. They should.
1: I
2: don't
0: well, see why? why not. They're a pretty small ship. They could just use shuttles. Mm-hmm. Interesting question, right?
1: It is. It, it raises an alarm. Maybe the, that's a question we need to ask to Mr. Terry.
0: The easy answer is the writers needed these characters in the situation. So maybe the escape pod scene got cut. Um, because like, mm-hmm. again, the storytelling has certain rules to keep the flow, and you can't constantly be asking you can't constantly being like, Okay, well, the audience is gonna ask this question, let's answer this with a line of dialogue. If it does, if it breaks the flow of that show, then you kind of start losing momentum and you can't sure. lose momentum. <clears throat> so I don't I personally it doesn't really bother me, but it is something I was like, Well, if you're stuck, why don't you just use the escape pods? <laughs> Because the enterprise because like the Enterprise E had escape pods.
1: Well, I guess where do you escape to at that point in time? Oh, that's a good
0: that's a good question because they're in a they're in an asteroid field.
1: Yeah, they're astro- and they're also in the gravity well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So the escape pods would, would be useless.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. So <coughs> they have a plan. They do. They have a, a brilliant plan for both their problems, the yeah, so, problem, and also getting out of there.
0: So they have a plan. Beverly has been ha, has has realized that these energy surges operate a lot like contractions, which yes. means this is a living being that they Correct. are in, <clears throat> and that's really cool because I really like it when new Star Trek uses old Star Trek tropes. Yes, um, because I love the idea that like you know, hey, we're gonna, you know, you know, how often do we really see? After like the 80s, how often did we see uh, Star Trek do these kind of like um species that live in the 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 vacuum of space? And they even mentioned far point because we're gonna get some squids later. Yeah. Um uh but I so 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 the energy, so and Jack is the one to realize I clocked this really early, by the way. <laughs> um Jack is the one to realize, hey, why do not we use the energy to supercharge the ship? Mm-hmm. Um so they so they go to Riker, they go to the captain, they go to like, hey, we're going to do this and Riker's like, you guys are out of your damn mind.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to do this. And sure enough they convince him. Good thing too because it worked. Um but, but it took a lot of um it took a lot for a captain to really trust their crew and for for Riker to trust a crew he's never worked with in this moment in time and saying, "You know what? Okay, because they had to go down to life support and that was it. And then they had to shut down life support at a point God. Such a tense moment. Right? It was. Um,
0: the, so Riker even mm-hmm. like early on in the episode has this whole thing where he's like, you know, you're right. I am being overly cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm scared. I, I, you know, I, I I came out here and I'm scared. And he, he had, he, so, but, so because of that, he's like, I don't want to, if, if this doesn't work, we're, We're just dead, and right, and Picard is to be like, we're dead anyway.
1: But he's like, if we die this way, as far as just floating off, then my message has a potential of getting back to Diana. Yeah, but like, there's even like the sense of like,
0: you know, we're like, right, like Picard is like, you know, we're we're dead anyway. At least we, at least this way, we have a chance. We don't if we do nothing. And Mm -hmm. so the idea, like, constantly trying, and that's what that's what the next generation often did. You know, when, if the ship was down, we'll try again, try something yeah. else, try the most batshit, crazy, insane idea you can possibly think of to get us out of here, make the impossible
1: possible. possible.
0: Correct. And that's what, and, and so, so that's what I really liked about Beverly, who by the way, has no real right to bring up Deanna. Cause she hasn't seen any of them in 20 years. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> she even says like, diana would have told you it's about trust you know you Mm -hmm. gotta trust your crew more than anything you gotta trust us
1: did she when she said that did you actually hear diana because i actually heard her voice at one point it sounded like it sounded like it was just a fading from from uh her into diana but real quickly it's diana you keep saying diana sorry it's because my throat is like i don't know why i have like an itch now that's okay it's
0: all it, it always happens when you when
1: we record it's the it's the it's
0: the, the the nerves you're like you're so nervous i get to talk about star trek i'm nervous
1: <laughs> and i'm trying to drink and it's just like it's not going away uh and it's I okay diana 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 yes
0: that almost killed you careful mm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I didn't quite hear that, but yeah, I think that there is a sense of like Beverly was right. You know, that was, that would be what Deanna would say. She would say, let's let, you know, let's try it. Let's trust each other to Mm -hmm. do this. And, and, uh, you know, Riker, we got to talk about the fact that they sat in their chairs
1: yes that was pretty cool that was and the smile that riker did when he sat down he looked over and he was like
0: and he's got his hands on his knees and i'm like yeah you do yeah
1: yeah. (laughs) i was like all right
0: um and uh the the whole thing of like okay you know we gotta count down we don't have enough to get thrusters okay let's uh, oh real quickly but they talk about um part of the part of the kind of like the, the the nerves of the scene is that um Shaw and uh, Seven are going to open up the warp cells. And that was really interesting because um, that did two things for me. One, it justified the idea of this Titan being a refit and not just a new ship. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk... Dave Blass actually... There's been a lot of talk, I don't know if you know about this, that the Titan A is considered a refit of the Titan. I did not know. So, you know what a refit of, of a starship is, I'm assuming? Mm-hmm. Like the Enterprise when uh, the TOS enterprise became the motion picture enterprise, that was a refit. Yeah. The idea is it's the same bones. It's just not, it just doesn't always look the same.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So, and so it's really strange because like the Luna class ship, which is, I believe what the Titan was Riker's Titan doesn't look the same as a constitution (laughs) class, which is what the Titan a looks like. And so I guess the idea was because the ship, because the utopia planitia shipyards which are like the shipyards in the Federation were almost completely wiped out in Picard's season one. If you remember the uh, the, the flashbacks of that mm-hmm. season, explain the Utopia Plenish shipyards, they are still not quite up to snuff. Um, and even, and, and so like the five years that it took to build this Titan, they took parts from the Luna class and they incorporated it into a new shell. Okay. Which is why. <laughs> which is why they go to Shaw to be like, Hey, look, the no one on the ship knows how to open these nacelles because they're 20 years old. Yeah. Um, but that, and and like Shaw is like, yeah, it's a nice looking ship, but it's still 20 year old bones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which was, it was uh, nice. Definitely a nice callback. And then shortly after that, like while you have them working on the ship,
0: Wait, can I real quickly? Can I real quickly just say I love the line with like even if you are a dipshit from Chicago.
1: Yes, yes, it, and that was that was so great to kind of, and then you see Shaw kind of like, you got a point. Yeah, you're. Yeah, ready. he's
0: like, yeah, I get, I deserve that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but while Shaw is like in there working on his stuff, Seven's there helping him out. Seven kind of told Will, like, hey, we don't need any help. This is going to be us, because their game plan was to lure the changeling down here because Shaw was like, Hey, if I was a changeling, I would be here at this moment to sabotage this so that this does not happen.
0: Yeah. And they were right because who would, who would show up, but Sydney LaForge, how strange, what are you doing down here? Sydney (laughs) LaForge.
1: And the the only way that seven used the tactic that Shaw kind of like instilled into her, of how to go and figure out who is a changeling or not is to question them and ask them certain things that only they would know as that person.
0: But can I talk about the tension of that scene? Yes. Because like Sean knows this is a changeling. Yeah. And, and he's like, and he's sitting what? there with a the little thing. Just what are you? Can you hand me that thing that can kill me? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, and she's asking questions. and she's, He's like, yeah, we can probably
1: get out of here. With just the one. Uh, and and instantly. Uh, that was so great scene seven Uh, talk to her and and you're you're still on pins and needles because you're not a hundred percent sure if it is changing or not you're still you're a hundred percent sure if you don't know that's not Sydney the forge yeah the last the literally the lat the shot prior to this is
0: her on the bridge
1: yes very true and then you're you're sitting there and she goes and says uh she said instead of saying like captain or whatever um her title is she instead of life. saying
0: Commander Han, instead of saying Commander Seven, seven. she says she's Commander Han- Hansen.
1: Correct. And that was the tell. And then boom. And I was like, and he, e- Yeah. And you get a
0: really, you get a really great, by the way, why didn't they turn into liquid when they, another kind of sense of like, these changelings are acting weird because she didn't turn liquid when she Jesus. died.
1: And she didn't go through like the different motions of just, she stayed in that form.
0: Yeah. But she's just like, the, the form just died it, just because died, now yeah. it's just like Corpse of LaForge. Correct. Um, but uh, uh, Seven, even says like you know you know Shaw's like how'd you know and he's like K- uh, K- uh, L- Ensign LaForge always calls me Commander Seven out, out of, of respect.
1: respect and I love that beautiful yes A little slap um, in the face
0: and Shaw even like Shaw's character development in this episode is wonderful because he's like yeah all right I deserve yeah. that too <laughs> he just yeah. goes back to work I love the I love the the opening it sliding down click your badge we're ready to go <laughs> so good. <laughs> But yeah, so, they, so, the, 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 so the wave is, 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 get, is about to hit, but they, they, they don't have enough thrusters, so they take out life support. Yes. The, the tension again, the tension again is so good because the tension is like, like oh shit, oh shit. And you see them, they're weakening, they're getting tired, they're, uh, life's, the, the, they can't breathe very well anymore because mm-hmm. the air is not being recycled. And uh, then the light hits, and then the ship gets, and then, and then, and then, uh, uh, Picard says the thing in the trailer that I've been so excited for him to say, which is LaForge Forge, gun it."
1: <laughs> it was, it was, it was wonderful, wonderfully played, wonderfully executed, made and really like great surfing.
0: And even before that, you even get like you know Jack and Picard like trusting each other to to move around the asteroid field to get them into place, and and then and then Vattic shows up and Riker throws an asteroid at her and it's beautiful
1: yes. e- excellent excellent well done and even even Beverly goes and says like "Will, did you just throw an asteroid?" and he's like "goddamn right I did." <laughs> it was so good. Uh, it's it, I mean, it's such
0: an exciting scene because like it, you know the Titans moving and they can't yeah. stop it. Um and the you see the energy coming into the warp core, coming into the nacelles and and Riker just gets up and he hops down those stairs and he plugs in the thing is like Follow my orders exactly, and they throw an asteroid at that ship.
1: Yeah, it it's beautiful, cool. beautifully amazing. done.
0: Amazing, amazing. Uh, and the, I just want to end because I think the space babies, yes, beautiful. Really happy to see that kind of life form in Star
1: Trek again, for sure. And it just like it brought it back to the original, like catchphrase to like boldly go discover, to like seek it was just, out new life. Everything was just perfect, right? It there. Was, it was, it's just this season
0: feels more like star trek than the first two seasons yes i agree i I don't want to say that like star trek is dead or whatnot but like picard season one and two very much went away from kind of the star trek formula of being on a ship and being with a crew and they're far more serialized and while this season is serialized you know it's a ship adventure it's what it's the crew it's uh we get new life uh they 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 discover new life albeit accidentally but they did it yes um and it's It just felt, it just feels so good to watch the show week in and week out. Like it really does.
1: I agree. It feels very much. I'm still
0: waiting for them to pull out the rug from under me, man.
1: (laughs) It feels like Star Trek and I am enjoying every minute of it. So
0: yeah. um, I really really liked this episode. Oh, we got a log reading at the end. Yes. That was That was nice.
1: It was. It was good.
0: Um and while Riker is talking to Deanna, kind of um Deanna having this thing of like, are you are you and Jean-Luc in trouble? Uh, like, I, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, probably and like the answer is yes. Um, you stole Seriously, a
1: starship. Big trouble. You stole a starship.
2: Yeah.
0: And you
1: almost killed an entire like crew.
0: I wonder what's going on with Jack because we also get the scent. we also get at the end Jack has more of those kind of like flashes. Yeah,
1: something mm-hmm. it was on the back wall it looked almost like like it was a tree tree roots coming to life red tree roots coming to life and it was like his PTSD. he's slapping his head trying to get this image out of his head and it, it it takes a while for him to actually kind of come back to normality
0: yeah we don't really see him do it in this episode but obviously in the next episode i'm sure it'll be fine mm-hmm. well not fine clearly there's something wrong with jack yeah So we're now four episodes in this week, this week's episode, this coming episode will be five, which means we're halfway through the season. I'm still feeling good about the pacing here. I'm still seeing, I still see enough room to wrap up everything that they've set up so far in a nice bow, Mm -hmm. but we're getting close to where it's going to get rough. Yes, for sure. So we got to start getting answers soon. Um, If we don't start getting answers by episode six, I'm going to start getting worried. You me both. Um, that's that is okay. That's it. That's all I got.
1: Right on. I think we covered that. I think we covered that episode in about the length of the episode. <laughs> yes, but it was still good. It was good to kind yeah. of like air it out and talk about it. So it's a good
0: episode. It's a good season. I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I really appreciate you doing with this with me every week, even though it's very stressful for you to get this going. All good, my friend. All good um
1: all right so that'll do it cookie yes, yeah why don't you plug your stuff sounds good um i am gonna be dropping hopefully dropping a new video i got a cgc unboxing to go and do it's just one comic but it's a comic that's been a, a long time coming so i'm super super happy about it um i just actually had to film it edit it, and throw it up onto the interwebs and make that happen but you have the podcast every single tuesday i drop a new episode um yeah just dropped one recently um I might be taking a long hiatus for quite some time, but I will disclose all that information as time progresses on. But yeah.
0: Not from this show, right?
1: You can't leave me. It's it's tough. It's tough. We'll see what happens. You got
0: to give me the season.
1: Oh, I will give you this whole season. That is 100% sure. But as right. far as like other shows, we will see, or even comic books, we will see. It's 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 going to be tough. Okay. Just give me the season
0: and and we'll talk after that sounds good all right uh, i know the, the inside baseball i know the thing that cookie is referring to and it, 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 I, it's something i oh, i knew was coming i knew this was coming <laughs> um look if you don't give me lower decks or strange new world season two that'll be fine but you gotta okay. give me the end of the season
1: absolutely absolutely all right i can find someone else i'm sure
0: <laughs> find a replacement for you <laughs> um,
1: i mean if you think about it i'm mike's mike's replacement right i look at you as yeah,
0: that, that's fair actually technically you are Mike's replacement <laughs> um, you know what I prefer you anyway Ah,
1: there you go get out of here fake dirt I'm sure um, he's
0: not wa- I'm sure he's not watching this he's not no he's not uh, sorry if you are <laughs> all right anyway um, so that'll do it uh, all in good fun uh, cookie once again thank you so much so guys oh, once so. again this is the this is Fickner's watch Fickner's watch is a part of the Fickner family podcast there's plenty of shows you can check out on this channel there's actually a new one coming, which we'll talk about later on um, uh, the upcoming episode of the Nerd Podcast. But as far as Fake Nerds Watch goes, we're still chugging along on Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Picard, but the other show for Fake Nerds Watch, which was The Last of Us, is over. The final episode of The Last of Us has aired, and so has the final episode of the Fake Nerds Watch series on it. Uh, my friends my friends and co-host Sparks, uh, Ryan, and our friend uh, uh, our friend Pi uh, have finished their, their watch-through of the show and upcoming Mandalorian season three. We're going to finally be talking about the Mandalorian season three. We're going to be bunching those episodes up in kind of threes um, for as long as we can. And uh, we'll so stay tuned for the first episode dropping soon. Yeah. Once again, we'll talk about three episodes in one. So, um, there's plenty of other shows you can check out. Of course you can check out basement arcade. Basement arcade is our video game. Let's play series. Basement arcade possibly a new episode is up now uh, doing really well. You check that out. If you guys want, there's uh animation station, Uh, which has a few episodes out now. If you want to check those out, pick my book club, maybe coming back soon. We'll talk about, we'll, we'll, you know, stay tuned for updates and things like that. My show conversation, uh, which is my audio show. um, It's audio only. That show will be coming out in April. So stay tuned for updates on when the exact date is. I should have that soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I don't mind spoiling it on here, but cookie is one of my guests on that season of conversation. So that was a lot of fun to do um so that's that um i think that's all i have to plug oh i forgot to plug the fake nerd podcast fake nerd podcast is the show where all of this comes from fake nerd podcast is is um our mothership show we go live every sunday every sunday night if you want to hang out with us come 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 in the chat come hang out come listen talk to us about the news um we last week talked about scream six um spoiler alert we all really like that movie um You can check out that review. That's up now coming up this week will be Shazam Fury of the gods, which I unfortunately won't be able to do. Um, but I will be on part of that episode. So stay tuned, uh, for that. Uh, and then, and then, you know, there's John wick and D and D and so many other movies coming out this year. We're going to be doing Indiana Jones, a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff on the Figner podcast. If you guys want to check those out, uh, we greatly appreciate it. Um, that's it. Of course you got our Chief Public and our Patreon if you'd like to support us financially. Um, you can find us on all the social medias at faknerpodcast.com. We have a website. Fakenerpodcast.com. I just said it. That's our <laughs> website. Um, where you can find everything. Uh Fikner Podcast on all the social medias. I'm at B. T. McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for cbr.com, kaijuramanmedia.com, Kaiju and atomiceekdom.com if you like to check out my further writings. Cookie, where can they find you?
1: Just a little podcast on Instagram and just podcasting on Twitter.
0: Excellent. Uh, Until next time you see us, guys, live long and prosper.